Andy Johnson. This is the Reading Instruction Show. In this podcast, we are looking at two theoretical models of reading. Now, educational research is used to create theories. We use these theories then to design educational policies and practices. Theories help to organize relevant empirical facts as well. Empirical means that they can be observed or measured. We use these theories then to help us create a context to understand phenomena. Put another way, a theory is a way to explain a set of facts. If reality were a dot-to-dot picture, a theory would be a way to connect a set of data dots. Now, theories are built not on a single research study, but on a collection of data gleaned from a variety of different research studies. Good theories are well substantiated, connecting a whole wide variety of data dots, all of which have been confirmed through experiment and observation. Theoretical models of reading are used to understand the reading process as well as to design and evaluate instructional reading practices. The theoretical model of reading one adheres to has tremendous impact on the type of reading instruction and interventions that are used. Described in today's podcast are two common theoretical models of reading. Each provides a vastly different way of our different view of the reading process and struggling readers and a different way of understanding reader. The first one is the phonological processing model. This model is based on the premise that reading is simply sounding out words. This is known, again, as the phonological processing model. James Hoffman calls this a simple view of reading. Here, the reading process is thought to involve four sub-processes. Perceiving the words and letters on the page, the first one. Putting sounds to all the letters in each word, the second one. Putting the individual sounds together to identify words, third one, and putting the words together to create ideas. This is thought to create a form of speech in the head with which the reader listens during reading. According to this model, a proficient reader is one who can sound out words automatically and fluently so that the speech in the head is uninterrupted. From this perspective, a struggling reader would be one who has sounding out word deficits. What struggling readers need, according to this model, is more phonics instruction, along with lots of drill and practice. The goal of this type of instruction is to develop students' ability to sound out words. The thinking is that if students were just proficient with this skill, their reading problems would vanish. However, this is not the case. What usually happens is that students may get marginally better at sounding out words in isolation in the short term, but there's little transfer of these skills to authentic reading situations. And in the long run, students' ability to create meaning with connected, authentic text does not improve significantly. The phonological processing model creates faulty assumptions about the reading process and struggling readers primarily because it doesn't account for some important data. First, proficient readers do not look at fully one-third of the words on the page. Phonological processing model doesn't account for this. 
This is one type of data that tells us that readers are using more than the words and the letters on the page to create meaning. They're using semantic and syntactic information along with background knowledge to fill in the blanks as they read. Remember, proficient readers do not look at fully one-third of the words on the page. Second, proficient readers often insert words that are semantically or syntactically correct. Again, this points to the fact that data besides what's on the page is being used to construct meaning. Third, the ratio of corticothalamitic nerve fibers to thalamocortical fibers is 10 to 1. This means that during the act of reading, almost 10 times more information is flowing from the cortex down to the thalamus than is flowing up from the page to the thalamus and then the cortex. Again, what's in the head is being used along with text clues to create meaning. And finally, information from the cortex is used to direct the eyes during the act of reading. In other words, higher level processes drive or mediate the lower level processes. Now, the neurocognitive model, sometimes called the psycholinguistic model, accounts for all four of these facts above. Here, reading is defined as the process of creating meaning with print. During this meaning-making process, the brain uses three cueing systems to recognize words on the page, the phonological, semantic, and syntactic. Readers use what's in their head to make sense of what's on the page. Also, during the reading process, our eyes fixate on approximately 60% of the words on the page. Of these fixated words, our eyes usually stop on only one or two letters. Since we can perceive only those things upon which our eyes fixate, it's clear that our brain fills in the blanks to create meaning during reading. It's clear as well that the eyes are directed by information in the cortex, much more so than information on the page as we read. During reading, minimal letter cues are used along with syntactic cues and semantic cues and information in our cortex to confirm or revise words as the brain creates reading with print. According to this model, a proficient reader is one who can orchestrate a variety of strategies to construct meaning during the process of reading. These strategies include using knowledge and contextual clues to predict and infer, monitoring comprehension and employing fix-up strategies when comprehension breaks down. From this perspective, a struggling reader is one who is ineffective in the use of these strategies. What struggling readers need, according to this model, is direct instruction related to the meaning-making strategies identified here. Direct instruction also related to four word identification strategies, morphemic analysis, analogy, context clues, and phonics, and activities to develop all three cueing systems. These should all occur within meaningful context to the greatest extent possible. All right, this podcast has looked at two different models of reading, the phonological processing model, which is sometimes called the simple view of reading, and the neurocognitive model, sometimes called the psycholinguistic model or even the transactive model. The 
phonological model does not account for a wide variety of data. It is data resistant to data that falls outside that model. The neurocognitive model accounts for all this information and more accurately portrays the act of reading.